I'm going to share God's Word with you. So if you want to follow that in your Bible, you can turn with me to Joshua chapter 1. You'll find message notes online on the Bayside Church website and also the Bayside Church Melbourne app. Just before we turn to the Word, I want to thank everyone who's given in our first fruits offering for 2020. The figure at the moment is $132,330. So thank you, those of you who've been willing and able to participate, to invest in the future of your church. I want to continue the Courageous Love series, and this is Courageous Faith, part two. We're going to read a very well-known portion of scripture from Joshua chapter one and verses six and seven. God is speaking to Joshua and instilling courage in him as he gets ready to lead the armies of Israel to take the promised land. In verse 7, he says, Be strong and very courageous. Be careful to obey all the law my servant Moses gave you. Do not turn from it to the right or to the left, that you may be successful wherever you go. Keep this book of the law always on your lips. Meditate on it day and night so that you may be careful to do everything written in it. Then you will be prosperous and successful. Have I not commanded you? Be strong and courageous. Do not be afraid. Do not be discouraged for the Lord your God will be with you wherever you go. And then the chapter continues and it finishes with only be strong and Courageous. In fact, courage then is a recurrent theme throughout the rest of Joshua. You know, repetition is a wonderful way for God to speak to us. I wrote a blog a few weeks ago called How Can I Hear God Speak? And in that blog, I outlined a number of ways that we can hear the voice of God. One of the ways that we hear the voice of God is when God says the same thing to us over and over again until we finally get it. We have one of those aha moments or maybe a duh moment when you finally realise you've been getting this same message from different sources for several days or several weeks and finally it clicks, God is speaking. God is speaking all the way through this chapter about courage. And so I say to you, Bayside Church, during these uncertain times, do not be afraid. Do not be discouraged. Be strong and courageous. And I want to just unpack with you in the time that we have together today, two ways that we can develop courageous faith. Number one, there has to be a reason for courage. As I mentioned a moment ago, Joshua was about to lead the people of Israel to take the promised land. They needed a reason to be strong and courageous. And so let me ask you some questions. What challenge or challenges are you facing right now? Have you prayed that God would take those things away? Have you wished that life could be more comfortable or easier or stress-free? Or are you rising up in courageous faith to meet your challenges and your difficulties head on? We need to have a reason to be courageous. If life was always easy, we wouldn't need courage. I had a really weird dream earlier this week. I've, uh, I often have dreams and probably much like yourself. Uh, over the years, some of those dreams have been 
God speaking to me. The dream I had earlier in the week was not God speaking to me. It was just really, really odd. I was talking to someone and they were telling me that Rebel Wilson was pastoring a church in the northern suburbs of Melbourne. And I remember thinking in the dream, oh, that's really, really cool. Rebel Wilson's become a Christian. She's leading a church. I'm going to go and visit the church. And so I did. Uh, the church was meeting together. Obviously, we weren't in the middle of a global pandemic. And I walked up and I introduced myself to Rebel and she gave me a big hug, welcomed me to the church and to stay for the service. Service was a little bit different. People were in a large room just kind of sitting around in a big circle, maybe 30 or 40 people in the group. And she welcomed everyone and introduced me. And, and then she said, OK, so tonight we're going to hear from some of you. She said, you know that the rule in this church is that everyone is to share the gospel with at least 15 different people every week. And I remember thinking, my goodness, that's huge. That would take a lot of courage. And I turned to her and I said, wow, that's, that's a really big task. And she said, yep, if you want to be a member of this church, you have to sign that you're going to carry on with that and you know, preach the gospel to at least 15 different people every week. And I thought in my dream, in my head, I thought, that's probably why it's only a small church. And then I woke up and I thought, okay, I'm glad that's not real. Um, and, and that would be a massive task and it would take a lot of courage. Uh, I would love it if every single one of God's people shared the gospel with one person every week. I think that would be a wonderful place to start. Whatever the case, there has to be a reason to have courage when everything's easy, we don't need to be courageous. One of my favourite stories on this in the New Testament is Paul and his thorn in the flesh. We read the story in 2 Corinthians chapter 12. And Paul says three times, I pleaded with the Lord to take it away from me. Ever done that? I have. In fact, just recently I found myself facing a couple of fairly difficult situations. And I did. In my prayer time, I was saying, God, could you just take these things away? And, and then I felt the Holy Spirit just kind of correct me on that and say, if I take it away, you have no reason to exercise courageous faith. And so I started to change my prayer from that moment on. Paul's thorn was the hardships and the persecutions that he faced as he preached the gospel and established churches in the then known world. He outlines all of those things in the previous chapter in 2 Corinthians chapter 11. Uh, he'd worked hard, he'd often gone without food, and without sleep. He'd been to prison three times, he'd been flogged with 40 lashes minus one, five times, can you imagine? Three times beaten with rods, pelted with stones once, shipwrecked three times in danger everywhere, been cold and naked and exposed to death again and again. How's your hard day looking compared to Paul's? And so Paul has had enough and he's coming to God in prayer and he pleads with the Lord three times, God, I've had enough, take these things away from me. But God's word was different in answering the prayer than Paul imagined. And I'm sure we've all had that experience too. God basically says, no, I'm not taking those things away from you. But he says, my grace is sufficient for you. For my power is made perfect in weakness. And I love Paul's response. Therefore, I will boast all the more gladly about my weaknesses so that Christ's power may rest on me. 
That is why, for Christ's sake, I delight in weaknesses, in insults, in hardships, in persecutions, in difficulties. For when I am weak, then I am strong. I haven't arrived on that one yet. How about you? I'm I'm not at the place where I always delight in weaknesses, where I delight in insults. I hate it when someone insults me. But Paul said he's got to the point where he goes, ha, bring it on. I delight in that. I delight in hardships, in persecutions, in difficulties, because when I'm weak, then I'm strong. Something happens at that moment that wouldn't have happened if God had answered our prayer to take those things away. When he leaves them there, but he gives us his grace, we find our weakness turned into strength, into courageous faith. So remember, there has to be a reason for courage. If life were always easy, if God made everything easy, if God answered every prayer to make things easy, we'd never need courage and we'd also never grow. And we'd become like the children of helicopter or snowplow parents. You know, the helicopter parents always hovering over their child, ready to snatch the child outside every difficulty. The snowplow parent, well, they just come through and push everything hard out of the way. And those kids grow up without ever learning resilience. You only get resilience, you only get courage when you face the challenges of life head on and deal with it with the grace of God. And so there has to be a reason for courage. And secondly and finally, there has to be a respect for words. Let's go back to our text, Joshua chapter 1 and verses 6 and 7. It begins and ends with a command. Be strong and very courageous. And then sandwiched in the middle is an injunction to always obey the word of God. But more than that, he says, keep this book of the law always on your lips. Meditate on it day and night so that you may be careful to do everything written in it. Then you will be prosperous and successful. Keep this book on your lips. In fact, he says then meditate on it. The word meditate comes from a Hebrew word which means to mutter or to ponder by talking to yourself. So it's okay to talk to yourself. The good thing, of course, in this day and age, if you're in your car and you're talking, everyone that's driving past you thinks you're on the mobile phone. They don't know you're actually talking to yourself. And so you don't just read the Bible, you don't just study the Bible, but you get to know it so you can start to speak it out because our words are powerful. So there must be a respect for words. God created right at the very beginning, Genesis chapter one, God created by speaking. Let there be, and there was. Let there be, and there was. All the way through Genesis chapter one, words create worlds. So what are you speaking out at the moment? as you face your challenges, as you face your difficulties and hardships, what's coming out of your mouth as you're squeezed by the challenges of life? What about complaints or criticism or gossip or put-downs? Or are you speaking out words of encouragement, appreciation and courageous faith? Jesus said, out of the overflow of the heart, the mouth speaks. You know what is in someone else's heart 
and you know what's in your own heart when you're squeezed by what words come out of your mouth. Proverbs 18 and verse 21, the tongue has the power of life and death and those who love it eat its fruit. The New Living Translation says those who love to talk will reap the consequences, either good or not so good. And so at every time we open our mouths, we have a choice to speak life or death, to speak courageous faith or something else. Words are powerful, so there has to be a respect for words. I hate it, you know, when I'm, when I'm having a great day and I'm feeling really, really good and then someone comes up and they look at me and they go, you look tired. And you know, up to that moment I felt fine. But then they say, you look tired or oh, you don't look very well. Is everything okay? And, and if you're not careful, you can feel a little bit deflated at that moment because words are powerful. Something on a little bit more serious note, what about when people have said to others, you will never amount to anything? Horrible words. Many years ago, evangelist Bill Glass asked a group of a thousand prison inmates this question. How many of you had parents who told you that one day you would end up in prison. Almost every one of those prisoners raised their hands. Negative, untrue and critical words discourage us. The prefix dis means uh, to have a reversing force on a word. We want to have courage but when negative words are spoken, a reversing force happens on our courage. It discourages us. Not only do we want to be people of courageous faith, we also want to be people who instill courageous faith in others. One way we can do that is via the words that we speak to them and about them. And so let me ask you some questions. What are you saying right now to your family and to your friends? What are you saying to your spouse? What are you saying to your employer or to your employees or your workmates? What are you saying to and about your pastor or your church leader? What are you saying to your parents or to your children? And what are you saying to yourself? What do you say to yourself? I mean, you're always saying either out loud or just in your mind, oh, I'm no good. I'm weak, I'll never amount to anything, I always fall down in that area. And you just always negative talk about yourself. Remember, words are powerful, so there has to be a respect for words. Can I encourage you to start changing that, to allow the Word of God to be on your lips, to learn the Word and to start to speak out what the Word of God has to say about you. I'm gonna show you a picture right now, I love this picture. Uh, you know, you got this little pussy cat there, and when the cat looks in the mirror, it sees a lion. The Bible says the righteous are as bold as a lion. You're already courageous because you're righteous in Jesus Christ. And you might want to practice this, especially if you've got in the habit of speaking negative words about yourself or even other people, to, to give yourself a bit of a slap, a bit of a wake up, and to start to speak words of life and words of power. Uh, over yourself and over others. You will see your whole situation lift as a result of developing courageous faith. Every time we open our mouths, we decide to speak words of life or words of death, words of faith or words of unbelief, words that build up or words that tear down.
Did you see on the news just recently the uh, tearing down of the chimneys of the Hazelwood Power Station? You know, that power station took about seven years to build. The building started in 1964. They finished building it in 1971. Those chimneys would have taken over a year uh, or maybe two years to erect. And yet, just a few weeks ago, some... uh, Dynamite was planted near each of those chimneys. The button was pushed and in 20 seconds, the whole lot was demolished. You know, it took a lot of skill and a lot of time to build up, but it takes no skill and it takes hardly any time at all to tear down. Can I encourage you, people of God, Bayside Church, to build courageous faith in your life. There has to be a reason for courage and there has to be a respect for words. Now, if you want to go a little bit deeper in this message, on your message notes, you'll find right at the end, there are 10 questions, discussion questions. You can bring those into your connect groups, uh, or you can just look at them yourself, or maybe with one or two other people, and go a little bit deeper in this message. But, But embrace this message, embrace the Word of God, and become a doer of the Word, and be blessed as a result.